Welcome to the biggest thing to hit the financial advisory ESG community, environmental, social, and governance. I'm Jonathan Kavaznik, CHFC Wealth Advisor. With over 25 years advisory experience, I've been advising clients so they can make a positive global impact. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Your Stake, Your Story. We are a video series podcast focused on highlighting best practices around values-based investing with financial advisors. So today I'm really excited to be joined by Jonathan Kabosnik. Jonathan, thanks for, for joining. Well, thank you, Gabe, so much. I'm really happy and excited to be here with you today. Thank you. And Jonathan is a wealth manager with Cherokee Investment Services, focusing on providing ESG solutions and financial planning to individuals and small businesses. And Jonathan, why don't you start out by sharing a little bit about your journey to how you started offering ESG? Is that something that you've always been doing? Well, as a financial advisor, I've been doing it for over 30 years. And about seven years ago, we discovered that a lot of our clients are very interested in the environment. And then I had this moment where I started to think about things that I could do. And I decided to become a beekeeper. And at being a beekeeper, you really all of a sudden have an eye-opening experience of all the things that are going around you in nature and the environment and the interaction that we as people have with mm -hmm. nature. And you discover that we could be doing some things a little better and a little different. Mm -hmm. And then you also discover that maybe how we invest our money and allocate that could really make an impact in helping that take place. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's start with that beekeeper part, though. Uh, so do you have any beekeepers in the family? I, I know a lot of people that are passionate about the environment and some people recycle more, some people, uh, well, Basically, what I'm saying is I've never heard anyone go into beekeeping. So I'd love to hear the story of how you chose that. Sure. So it turns out that Minnesota happens to be where I'm located. And we're uh -huh. the fourth largest producer of honey in the country wow. statewide. And one of our big things at our state fair happens to be bees and beekeeping and apiaries. And the University of Minnesota is a very big leader in research and development. And a lot of that has to do with we have a lot of agriculture here in Minnesota. And agriculture and the bees and a lot of the things that are affecting them positively and mostly negatively right now are taking place in Minnesota. And so that's why I really jumped in on that as my adventure started with a visit to the state fair, which I love to go to, and opening my eyes to, wow, there's some crazy stuff going on and beekeeping looks very fun. Wow. That, and that was seven years ago while you were also making the transition professionally with your practice. That's right. So you know, obviously I'd been doing it in the financial services for a long time, but then when I discovered this whole beekeeping and the environment and the pesticides, the neonicotines, the people raising up their arms against the big polluters mm -hmm. and all the things that are going on in our state and the nation, I said, you know what, I'm going to integrate this into my financial planning practice the same way I'm doing it with my beekeeping. Wow, that's amazing. So what was step one? For integrating into financial planning practice. I'm sure that there were a whole bunch of things we had to do, right? Well, so one of the first things that we discovered is that when we started talking to our clients and telling them how excited I was as a beekeeper, they really took to that. <laughs> and they were really excited about that. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, it never occurred to me to discuss the environment and mm. beekeeping and how we are affecting our earth with our clients. It just never came up. And then all of a sudden we were having these great conversations. And then when they discovered that I have a beehive, I have a colony on top of our office and that we're doing that beekeeping. They wanted to know what was going on and they were mm -hmm. really, really engaged and really wanted to be part of that. And that mm -hmm. led me to say, you know what? We're gonna put this into our practice. This is something very moving. Wow, 
And do you, you must get this question of how bees relate to your portfolios that you put your clients in. Do you get that question? And, and what do you usually say? We get that question a lot with how can we create a portfolio with our retirement plans or with our investments and with our portfolios that help the bees. Mm. A lot of our clients, how they relate to that is their idea is, hey, I have a pollinator friendly garden, John. Hey, I have this garden in my backyard where I have squash and pumpkins and tomatoes and, and all these great things that the bees love. And mm. what else could I be doing? Well, I don't really like the idea that I'm investing my money against those ideas. And I'm really excited about that. So what we discovered is that the kind of clients that like this ESG are also the kind of clients that are living that lifestyle and living those values. And so therefore, they don't need to be told this is what you should do. They're actually mm. telling us this is what I want. This is what I need. And we're saying, well, we have that. And not only do we have it, we're right next to you. We're out there in mm. the environment being beekeepers. We're out there talking to people about pollinating and about pesticide and how we don't need that in the environment and how we can better that. So it's really cool how the clients are engaging with me. And that's what the conversations are all about. Interesting. So you're not convincing people, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. You're, you're helping them draw the connection between something that they're passionate about in their daily life into their investments. That's right. We're actually just giving them a way to enhance and reinforce what they already want to be doing and finding out that, yes, they can also do it with their finances. It doesn't just have to be with their physical activity or with their activation down at the Capitol, right? Or with the farmers mm -hmm. or with that. And so it's just been awesome. And, and, and most of our meetings, it's just phenomenal. It's all about non-financial. That's what's amazing, right? When really? With clients yep, who enjoy the ESG, they mm -hmm. want to talk about the environment. They want to talk about the social aspect. They want to talk about governance. We spend the whole meeting talking about all that. And then we can discover what's the best place to put their money, right? To match that. But mm. we lead with what they already are excited about, which is their day-to-day -day lives. Interesting. And is that, is that true of prospective clients, new clients, and long-time clients? Or do you find that pr prospective clients are asking about different things compared to ones that you've had for a long time? Well, what we're discovering is that... Uh, very different generation wise, you know, there mm. are some people in the older generation who liked this idea and who thought this was a great idea, but always haven't had a great way to do it. And the younger generation, they already are embracing it. So they really are looking for it if they can find it. Yeah. And so when we're prospecting, you know, one of the things we do is give our clients honey every year, mm -hmm. you know, we give them a little jar, there's a seasonality to it. And they're really excited about it. And that starts the conversation. And if they have a portfolio with us that isn't ESG, that opens the door. Because when they get the honey and we talk about the bees and the environment and social aspects, all of a sudden they're saying, wait a minute, I really like this idea. And I never thought I could put my money in something like that. How does that work? And how can I do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's prospects, it's existing clients. It's really just engaging them with the conversation. Wow. That's really amazing. Yeah. And I think that starting with the conversation instead of starting with a big kind of proposal of here's what we do and here's what we're going for really allows you to be able to understand where the client's coming from and walk them along that journey. Can you talk about how much of your conversations are around the, the fear or some people think the, the myth that ESG might lead to underperformance versus hey, maybe that's not even coming up? And people just want to know how they can live their values to their investments as well. So what's amazing about the whole 
I wish I could get a better rate of return. I wish I didn't have ESG because it's going to hold me back is it's all about the data now. And mm -hmm. so again, when I, I was starting 30 years ago, if you had a laptop, of course, that was a great thing. If you had the internet, that was a great thing. Today, there's so much data. And so we always look at it this way. If there's a certain bank and they're not doing the governance the way we like it, because they're opening up fraudulent fake accounts, which a Minnesota-based bank was actually doing on a very large scale. And you say, hey, that isn't something I agree with. I don't want to invest in that bank. Mm -hmm. Well, there's 50 other banks. And all we have to do is look at the data and find out if one of them is equal in their performance, but smarter in the way that their culture works and their governance. Mm -hmm. right? So that's what the conversation leads to. And we find out that, no, we don't have to give up performance. We just mm -hmm. have to still go into quality companies and sectors of the economy that don't do the things we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. So you've got a client, you're talking about the environment, you're talking about bees, you're talking about what they care about. Maybe you have the performance conversation. Can you talk about what happens next? You know what they care about, then what? Yep. So then we want to be able to create a portfolio that aligns with what they say is important to them. And so some of the clients, their lead piece is the environment. And some of the clients, their lead piece might be the social aspect. And mm -hmm. so as we learn that and we do the questionnaire and we ask them the detailed questions, then we're able to figure out what type of money management firms we can align with or partner with that also have those aspects to their portfolio. Again, so as a money manager, we're really more of a wealth advisor, right? We're a financial advisor. We're not picking the stocks. We're not doing the deep analysis of that. We're creating the portfolios based on the data and the information that we can have with other outside money management firms or other wealth management firms that can help us tie that together for our clients based on mm -hmm. what they say is important. Well, what are some of the biggest challenges in that, in that process? What the, the biggest challenges are some of the companies don't see things the same way, right? Some mm -hmm. investment portfolios think that if the biggest producer and the biggest investor in solar or wind energy is a, fossil fuel company, that that's okay because they're socially great. And mm -hmm. so we might have a client who doesn't really want any fossil fuels, zero fossil fuels, and this money manager might not agree with that. So I have to understand that as the advisor so I can communicate that to the client. Mm. And then together we can decide, is that good enough? Is that halfway there? You know, we'd have to know that information and mm -hmm. we need a tool to be able to do that. And that's what we're trying to figure out is, what is the tools that are available to me as the advisor? What are the tools that I can share with the client? But based on what they tell me is important and how deep do they need us to go where they're satisfied that it matches what they want to accomplish from an mm -hmm. ESG standpoint. Interesting. So you want to be able to accommodate someone that wants to be totally fossil fuel free, but you also want to accommodate someone that maybe their theory of change is that some of the fossil fuel companies might be part of the transition or just looking at overweight and clean energy. You have to figure out what the client is focused on most and then align that with a fund manager that can basically have that a similar hypothesis and a similar strategy. That's right. And what we're finding in some of the data and some of the investment firms, uh, they might decide that it's okay if the parent company allocates into an industry that maybe our client doesn't like. So then mm. we discover that the parent company that's a giant conglomerate might be a household items company, you know, where they're selling soaps and detergents and all that. And underneath the surface, somewhere way down the line there, they own this ammunition or manufacturing of guns company. Mm -hmm. And then we go, well, wait a minute, what percentage of the revenue is that? And then we have our, our theory, right? We say, 
you know what, maybe we don't want to own anything where it's more than 5%. Okay, we'll give them a little bit of leeway, or maybe we don't want any of that in there, right? Mm -hmm. And then I, as the advisor, using the tools that are available to us, are going to be able to figure out which financial investment firms I can partner with for my client that have the same criteria that the client is looking for. That makes a lot of sense. Now, here's another question. A lot of times we hear from advisors that, I mean, unless you're doing individual stock picking, and many times, even if you are doing individual stock picking, there's always going to be trade-offs, right? There's, there's never going to be, sometimes I like to say that until there's a perfect person, there won't be a perfect company and there won't be a perfect fund and there won't be a perfect portfolio. So how do you have the conversation around trade-offs with your clients? Well, again, I, I think the key is to find out what the most important parts are to the client of the environmental social government aspect, right? Mm -hmm. What is the keys to them? And then to see if we can accomplish that without compromise, okay? It's easy for me to find a portfolio that has no fossil fuels. It's easy for me to find a portfolio that might have a board of directors that is at least half or a majority of females, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to find a company that maybe isn't supporting some social aspect that I don't agree with. Then I have to go to the next layer and say, is this still important to you? Or if they say, you know, you've accomplished the most important pieces to me, I don't need to worry about their day-to-day. -day. You know, again, it's the idea that we want to take a high-level approach, but we're not there every day, right? Managing the corporation. We don't know what's going on in day-to-day, -day, but we want to know their philosophy. We want to know if it matches on a high level or a lower level. This depends on the client, how deep we have to go. And if we have to go super, super deep where it's specific, like you said, uh, selection of stocks or equities, then we have to do that kind of portfolio, right? Then mm -hmm. we just don't use something that says, hey, we buy all the carbon, clean energy, free stocks in the market. Maybe that's good for one client. The next client comes along and says, you know, I don't really want to own anything that's nuclear. Okay, let's find out who eliminated nuclear. Mm -hmm. The next client comes along and says, you know, I like the idea that you're doing that, but it looks like the major utility company in Minnesota is also the largest producer of wind and solar, but I don't want to own that company, yep. right? Okay, that's all right. And so that's what it happens to be important when you're working with an advisor who can individualize your portfolio with the tools they have available, as mm -hmm. opposed to buying indexes or the overall entire market and just hoping you're getting what you think you're getting. Yeah, that's what we see on your stake all the time. We're seeing advisors either creating sleeves or, or picking a particular fund or swapping things out based on what people care about the most. And luckily, that's becoming more and more available as there's been an explosion of ESG products, which actually leads to my next question. Seven years ago, you decided to make the switch to focus on ESG. What have you seen change the most? And where do you think the future is going? So what's really changed a lot is seven years ago, there were some advisors and some money managers doing ESG, and the choices were very limited, I would call it, right? Not mm -hmm. in, now today, it's very broad. The dilemma we have as the advisor and the client is we have to sift, sift through the pure and the players who really mean it and the players who are in it for the money. Because remember, mm -hmm. we're in the money business, right? Mm -hmm. We're financial advisors, we're wealth managers, we're capitalists. Right. So ultimately, it is about making the money, but we're also ethical, moral and fiduciaries. And we want to give the client what they believe they're getting. And so the field is very crowded now. There's a lot of people, a lot of people, meaning money managers, a lot of players coming in that never cared about this. And so, again, that's also a good indication. You wonder, 
if your wealth manager was doing it for 80 years and all of a sudden they got this great ESG fund, but they don't know anything about what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're using some outside third-party marketer to tell them how to do it, you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's the biggest challenge is when I get information or I get a call or the client gets something in the mail and they're like, oh, how about this company's ESG fund? And you say, okay, never heard of them. <laughs> how, how long they've been doing it? Oh, they just launched it in 20, you know, 21. And it's like, okay, let's see what they're doing and see if they're for real. And that's mm -hmm. the biggest challenge right now. It's just, it's just so much to sift through. And that's the benefit of having an advisor, right? mm -hmm. no matter who it is, and having a tool. That's how, what we're paying for. How do you find out if they're for real as the advisor? So I think one of the things you want to be aware of, not only as the advisor, but as the client is, your advisor, including my own self, is I have to have an easily repeatable process, okay? I have to be able to say if I have 100 clients and they all have kind of a similar goal and they want to have a similar idea, then I'm going to have a portfolio that's designed for that client, right? And I'm going to do my research and I'm not doing it necessarily for just one client, even though that's possible. I might have an individual who's unique and what they'd like to see. And I'm willing to you know, accept that and do the homework and the research. But I might have 99 clients that just have the same five ideas that they want to make sure they're accomplishing. And then I'm going to do my research. And those 99 clients are going to end up with a similar portfolio based on they have a similar goal. Mm -hmm. right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the research so that the client doesn't have the time to do that mm. or just one portfolio, their own. Mm -hmm. But we have the time to do that and the resources and the tools to do it for, you know, 200 clients, 500 yeah. clients, whatever it happens to be that we're working on. Can you talk about the types of questions that you're asking and the information that you're searching for when you're doing that research process? I would say the, the number one area that our clients are concerned about when we're talking ESG and that they're interested in ESG has to do with environment and energy. Yeah, mm -hmm. almost with every client who says this is important, it's the environmental energy portion, which mm -hmm. has a lot to do with what sectors we can go into, mm -hmm. and what sectors of the economy we have to stay out of. Mm -hmm. And the second most important, and it comes up a lot, is diversity, right? Diversity in the workforce, diversity in the leadership, diversity mm -hmm. in how companies are dealing with their employees. And so we want to do the research to find out if our portfolio is following those guidelines mm. and whether or not that's in the portfolio or whether money manager says, we're not really that interested in worrying about the diversity of the workforce, right? We just mm -hmm. want to make sure that they make a lot of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mr. or Mrs. Client or whatever you want to uh, invest in, do you care about that? And if they do, we're going to dig a little deeper. Makes a ton of sense. So essentially what I'm hearing from you, I think, is that the research that you're doing is you're taking something that maybe has a nice flowery name and you're looking, do the holdings actually align with the values of what my clients care about? That's right. Because really, the top of the top of the equation is ESG, right? That's like, that's where we're starting. But that doesn't tell us really what's underneath there. And mm -hmm. that's getting so broad with so many players and money managers trying to get in on it, because you probably know this, and your listeners probably already know this, is that Seven years ago, even five years ago, it wasn't as crowded a space to try to figure out if I wanted to do it. I went to the three money managers, you know, the fund companies, and they were doing it for the last 40 years and everything was great. And now mm -hmm. there's a lot of new players coming in saying, I have a better way to do it. And we don't really know if it's better because we have to look under the surface and see what they're really doing. Mm -hmm. That's what our role is, is to figure out, do we have a tool to do that? Do we have a way to analyze that? 
and the clients see that transparency. That's fantastic. Is there anything that's recently surprised you about ESG that you'd like to share? Maybe a story of a client interaction or something that you learned about a fund or anything like that? You're just going to find out that people are very excited and that it's a wonderful idea and a wonderful approach to financial planning and investment services. I went to a client's house because she wanted me to see her pollinator-friendly garden. I want to go there and talk about her investment portfolio. She wants to show me the garden. What could be a more beautiful experience rather than sitting in your cold, chilling office looking at a screen Mm -hmm. than to go to your client and look at the whole yard filled with bees, bumblebees, wild bees, honeybees, butterflies, all of that going on while you're talking about how she's investing her money to help make that happen. So that's the surprise. You'll, you'll find out how excited your clients can be and how excited the investor is to be able to be part of this if you just embrace it and say, this is how I'm going to run my practice and this is what I'm going to open up to my clients. That's really been shocking. People coming in with photos, sending me photos of beehives in Czechoslovakia because they do beekeeping in a different way and sending me a postcard saying, hey, John, look, look at the honey I found when I was on a vacation in Amsterdam, right? And the interaction is so wonderful because they're excited that their money is doing what they expect from mm. a values and from a ESG standpoint and that they know I am helping them do it. But that's surprising a lot of times. I'm just out of left field. So I'm going to be like, hey, come talk to our church. We have a group of people that are all gardeners. And I'm, well, I'm not really a gardener. I'm a beekeeper and I'm a financial <laughs> advisor. I know, but they want to tell you all about how they're helping the environment and they want to get in on it. Wow. So I think that's what's been exciting and really a challenge from the idea is that never happened five years ago. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Today, they're just so excited about how they can invest their money and get in on that and water purification, right? How about a fund that does water purification? Well, they never even thought that was a possibility that their money's going to some foreign land and they're going to clean up the environment, but they're going to do it by investing in a publicly traded company. How cool is that? You know, so that's what's been eye-opening. And it gets more and more because again, all of our clients are doing that now. It's not just a select. You know, I don't, I'm not just, oh. I'll wait till the client brings it up and then we're going to do it. No, we're leading with that. And now we have an entire clientele who we're going, we're going to go out to the, you know, the pollinator garden on a field trip, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to say, Hey, let's go down and go over to the beer hall and have some of their honey vice, because guess what? They have a beehive behind the building and the brewery is making their own honey because guess what? That's what everyone's doing. And they got a pollinator garden. You know, it's just, that's what's so shocking. And it's very exciting. Wow. Oh, that's an incredibly compelling story. And I really love to hear your passion about it too. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining and love having you on. I'm so excited that you let me come on your program and I look forward to many more. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other platforms. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, Jonathan B. Kavaznik, CHFC, registered representative, advisory services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc., Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America, are separate companies, not FDIC insured, no bank guarantees, may lose value, not insured by any government agency, not bank deposits.